and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. You are here with George Mannion, Liam McGuinness, Grant Parkin, and special guest, Michelle Burton. And because we have a special guest, we have a special album being brought by the guest to the playground today for us to decide whether it is flawless. Now, what flawless means is up to us to decide, and it's going to be different every single time. But we're going to hand over to Michelle to tell us which album she is bringing to the foray as flawless today. Thanks, George. Um, I'm going with the You Are My number four record um, to present my defence of being flawless. It felt like a school debate in preparation because I was like, so what's the definition of flawless? What can we do with this? Because we don't know either. You don't know? No. Bummer. Right. It's just changed. Yeah. It's evolving. It's evolving. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I was going with the like first criteria: no skippable tracks. You you don't skip anything. You want to hear everything as it is, and you don't shuffle it. You, you just play it from go to woe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that adds to the band's tapestry of their catalogue, um, and that it adds to me as a person so that my experience listening to it when it came out or when I discovered it to now grows me as a person or it's meaningful to me. That's a pretty oh, very good, much very better complex. definition yeah. than anything we've ever done. Far more articulate than Liam, that's uh, for Yeah, sure. I just thought I just yeah. liked the songs and that was it. Mm. Can we have a bit, bit of feels. a history of, of your musical background, Michelle, do you mind, before we, we dive right into the album, it'd be good to get your influences, yeah. your background, yeah, yeah. What's, what's brought you to this? To, to defend exactly. with vigour, yes. I hope, yeah. and expect yeah. an, an album. Um, so I grew up in regional Queensland, so we didn't have the um, Triple J national independent broadcast, well, um, broadcaster, so I grew up on commercial radio, um, so I was pop as you could get, um, kind of like what Triple M is now. Um, and then... On a uh, family holiday, we happened to find on the car radio Triple J. And a UMI song was one of the first songs I heard on Triple J. So that's just started this love affection with with, um, Aussie Rock. It's not actually off this album. It's the album before it, actually. So um, that first song was was Soldiers, which was off their um, Alley Daily record mm-hmm. that's the album before the one i'm trying to defend as being flawless today mm. okay good that's a very romantic story yes. way of getting us to try and tug at our heartstrings and we're like oh we can't we oh, can't this... rip into her now she's got a really beautiful backstory this is mm. all about the feels today yes. <laughs> except that's of course good. that i tried that with my spider bait yeah. album earlier yes and, you did and it didn't fly like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, i know heartless. she's way cute heartless you too yeah, but you articulated yourself Less I well. did, yes. Oh. <laughs> I might even have tears, really, but yeah. we'll okay. see what happens. Good. Yeah. It's going to get... Yeah. yeah, so full disclosure. Yes. 
for everybody listening. Michelle is my wife. So no, I, you're going to keep it secret. I, I don't that was. I, there's no reason to keep it secret that I can so tell. <laughs> um, and I can absolutely confirm that Michelle has been wooed to tears multiple times listening, seeing these guys play live and their lead singer play solo live. It is an emotional experience. Wow. See already? Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Welling up. Welling okay. up. Yes. This yeah. hasn't happened before. Most of us no. are all emotionally bereft. Yeah. <laughs> Shallow, maybe. Occasionally. So, okay. so do people know UMI? You know the band? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Had you guys heard UMI before we nominated the album? <laughs> oh, Grant's laughing. Um, I'm laughing because I um, listened to the full album with my wife, who's Australian, as yeah. we've mentioned in previous episodes, uh, and had... And when I said to her, oh, I've got to review a UMI album. She said, oh, which one? This is great. That I've been to five, six, seven of their concerts or something. And I go, you don't tell me anything, you know. <laughs> why? The experience uh, is tainted now. Yeah, well, and I'm going, you know, we've been together eight years and I haven't heard this. And now I'm like, oh, we don't go to concerts together. And yeah. why don't we share these things together? And she said, well, Grant, actually, or Grant, depends on the mood. <laughs> That's not a very um, Australian thing to do is call Grant a Grant. And a either or. Yeah. I'm just happy yeah. to be yeah. in, in Australia. Um, she said, I have mentioned that uh, I've attended concerts with um, UMI and Powderfinger and somebody else together. There was various concerts, certainly not in Melbourne, and various big day outs, I believe, mm-hmm. which I just missed or never attended mm-hmm. here. So um, my wife certainly is aware of them and has... Um, whilst we sat outside on the deck um, listening to the album today, um, said this reminds me of so many good memories of um, Down South in Melbourne, um, listening to this over summer, etc. And certainly one of the songs for mine really is, is a summer, sort of summer romance song mm. for mine. Um, but I hadn't before. Um, and so, yeah, that's me. I also hadn't heard them before. So I think there's like this gulf between Australian music getting overseas sometimes Mm. Um, and I think there were different bands that I definitely was aware of in the 90s that came Mm. over when I was growing up Um, but UMI are not a band I'd ever heard of before Mm. so this was the first time I've deliberately like I've I've probably heard them but this is the first time I've deliberately heard one of their records before and I obviously Mm. got to listen to it from start to finish Mm. so that was very exciting yeah yeah because they tried because yeah they haven't had a lot of overseas success Mm. So I've not just missed it. No. So they did a bit of a UK push for the album before this Alley Daily and they even released an international version of of Alley Daily to be available. Um, And yeah. There was so such a saturation of music that was coming out of different parts of England during yeah. this time yep. period that for anything okay. else to break through was actually really hard yeah. to the point where some English bands were going to America to be found. And oh, cool. So, uh, yeah. Because they weren't getting heard in England because yeah. there was saturation. So it doesn't surprise yeah. me that lots of other bands didn't make it, didn't make the cut. But mm. um, listening to this album, I think it would have fit into the landscape of music at the time. So mm. it's more full the UK. Yeah. More full them. But they're very, they're a very Australian band though. Yeah. Not, and yes. not, not like in an ochre bloke matey kind of way, but just like the stories that they tell and all the sort of they fit into that patchwork of Australian musical framework really well. And they're really like I, I would say most guitar driven bands that are around today and probably for the last fifteen years, if you ask them who one of their influences are, they would say UMI. They've always been around, they've always been the hard touring band that everybody knows and everybody loves. 
and all the bands grew up listening to these guys and going to see them play and that sort of came through that way. Awesome. Mm. Okay. Are they still they're still touring? They're still yep. still touring, still recording. Uh, I think there's like ten studio albums now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're always on the road. Okay. Yeah. Good. So give us a history of UMI. Please. Um, so I started off as a three-piece. It's had a couple of lineup changes, um, but it really settled on as being Tim Rogers mm-hmm. um, in lead, um, Rusty on drums and Andy on bass. Um, they, they had that for three albums and then um, a little schoolboy was doing um, the guitar taps and his mate was actually a You're My fan and had a fan website. So on the fan You're My website, Davy Lane was publishing the, the guitar tabs for You're My songs, got to know the band and now he's in the band. So mm. he's been in the band, I don't know, that's... He joined just after this album. So the, yes. next, the next album, the fifth one, was when he joined and he, yeah, so it's yeah. 15 years. At longer, least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, your childhood dream of just like, I'm going to sign up to a band's website and they're going to notice that I'm there. And it's, you always make fun of that that yeah. idea of like, oh, I'm just going to do something really cool and they're going to notice and they're going to invite me to join to be the band. And it actually does work once. And now everyone mm. else, we're all everyone trying to tries. do it. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I once signed up to a band's website and w- ended up being in one of their music videos. So there. Yeah, it works. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get great. to join the band though. That, that's not fair. <laughs> awesome. So, so number four record came out in um, April '98. So for me, that's my last year of sc- high school. So um, formational year, clearly the stress of grade twelve. Um, and when I look at this album, I like re-listening it in the last couple of days. It really paints a tapestry of being gives me images of. A touring band, being on the road a lot, um, feeling really lonely. There's a lot of um, like 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 sadness I find in, in, in a lot of the songs. But then they try and turn around and have some just some fun rock songs. I throw in there. Um, as Liam was saying, they're kind of the band that gets name checked a lot. So um, when Liam Gallagher was in Australia, he was doing an interview with Triple J and Triple J asked him, oh, so what Aussie bands are you listening to? You and I was the first thing he mentioned. Um, he says, there's a band called You and I. Um, there's a song which, there's a song called Junk, which makes me want to punch things. And that's what this album opens up on. Yeah, mm. Junk. Yeah. First song. Yeah. yeah, it's the first song. It's a killer. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the first thing I ever heard by UMI was junk. Mm. Um, and I was just like, it's got time signature changes and harmoni- harmonies. Um, and it's got really great bass lines and it sounds like a party. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> that was my genuine, like everything that I wrote down the first time I heard it was like, this sounds like a party. Yes. Can't get it back. 
just to ask you guys, if I told you that Tim Rogers was obsessed with a band, would you guess who, who would you think that would be? Let me guess. Oh, I don't know. Current band? Older band? Older band, but still a current band. And he, but he likes shaking himself all over the stage. Stones? Yes. He is absolutely obsessed with the Rolling Stones. Yeah, he loves yeah. them. He models his own performance style yes. on them. And he has toured with them because when they came out to Australia, he got to tour them. And so now every time mm. he plays a show, he name drops them. He's like, oh, I was talking to my friend Keith the other day. But, um, <laughs> but this song reminds me like that, like some of their songs do and don't necessarily have that style, but John just makes me just mm. think of him sure. shaking across the stage and just playing the riffs out and stuff like that. Mm. Like it kicks in really early in this album. Because they still play this live a lot. Yes. It's still on, on their set list. So How many times have you guys seen, this, seen them live? I honestly don't know. I can't count. Like, would so kind counts like more than ten. Would be over thirty. Yeah. And if you and, yeah. and Tim does the lead singer does a lot of solo stuff as well. So yeah. he's got like a dozen solo albums under different names and guises. So if you throw that in there, I reckon probably fifty. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Wow. A lot. That is called yeah. disposable income. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're amazing. He's like. Not every show is great. They've had ups and downs and sort mm. of the the ups and downs tend to go with Tim's personal life. So he puts a lot of the, his personal life into the albums. And then if he has like a really down period, the albums come a little down and then the live shows lose a little bit of that luster because he's sort of a bit down as well. But yeah, they're almost guaranteed to put on a great show every time. Mm. And he's talked a lot about his like his panic attacks and anxiety yeah. and mm. mental health issues. Yeah. So. Kudos well, for him. Yeah. My first impression when I first heard the album, so Grant and I, you and I would be in the same position where mm. we were like, mm, we're listening to this for the first time, um, was indie pop rock fun was yeah. just like my first yeah. impression. I was like, yeah, you tick these boxes for me. You're, an, you're kind of an indie, poppy, rocky band. You're guitar driven and I'm enjoying this. Mm. Like it's, it's a fun, something fun to listen to. There's nothing difficult about no. it. Yeah, for sure. With, you don't have to be in a mindset or struggle through or yeah. kind of like put, put yourself in a darkened room with only candlelight in order to really truly get the album. No. Yeah. Um, it's something that you just throw on and go, yep, I could do the dishes to this or I could party to this or I could put it on with friends on. Like, you know, it's it's like a safe, almost like a safety net kind of indie pop rock fun. Mm. And particularly on this album, the song construction is really quite straightforward. Like it's often just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, riff, chorus or another verse mm. in the chorus like they don't there's not a lot of experimentation sure. mostly because i think they'd been on the road a lot before recording this yeah. one so like no no we've we, he's just written 13 songs in his head and here they go and he's not going to spend a lot of time playing mm. with them or trying to reinvent the wheel or anything like that and i kind of get the impression that they didn't have a lot of fun recording it mm. so it is just tim naturally writing songs the way they naturally come out yeah. for him mm. Like, I suspect they do spend a lot of time fine-tuning things. Yeah. yeah. So which songs are here? Because I didn't do loads of research because I knew you guys would know yeah. it all anyway. Um, which songs were singles? Because I don't... I, I listened to it and I was like, that feels like it could be a single, yeah. but I didn't want to research it too much. So, yeah. like, which songs were actually singles from the record? Yeah, I've got those three singles. First one that was two months before... Well, three months before it was released was... What I Don't Know About You. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, that's the third, third track. Which is probably not my... I don't love that song. 
really that, don't love it. But that's I my lo- favourite love song of all time. But I love, wow. the, I love the film clip. I love yeah, the, film the film clip. The really film great. clip's awesome. I was going to say that was my least favourite song on the entire record. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my least favourite on the album. It's, yeah. it's the one, and I wrote it down, that it sounded like a Foo Fighters middle album song. But like ten years before, but yeah, yeah. Ten years middle before yeah, ten years. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but yeah. Do you know when you get to like partway through and yeah. you're like power, 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 and then it went and it drops a bit. And you're yeah. Like, I was expecting that after the first two tracks. I just went, oh, hold yeah. on a second. So that surprises me that that was one of the singles. Yeah, okay. and the first single. And the first one. And to the first single. One. Yeah. I yeah. expect more of a punch. So I suspect some record label yeah, intervention was so. involved in yeah. there because. Yeah. Um, it does have some good lyrics in it, though. Oh, it does. I love the lyrics. It does. I love a lot of Tim's lyrics. I can't. I can't remember them precisely, so you can edit this. But it's the. Yeah, there's some awesome lyrics. Like Tim knows how to write. Like, so what were the other singles? The other singles. Um, so heavy heart. Yes. So that's a huge song for them. It's probably their um, biggest single. Actually, oh, it was not their biggest single. It's been their biggest song. So for the Triple J Hottest 100 that year, it's been their best result. I think it got to nine. Um, Heavy Heart is covered by so many people, like Paul Kelly, um, Super Suckers. Um, Courtney Barnett does an amazing version of it. And she's described this song as being the greatest song in the world. It's her favourite song. That's so, awesome. Yes, big call. Cool. Big cool. Oh, yeah, big cool. that wow. is a yeah. cool. awesome. Yeah, that's She's good. a huge fan of it. And then the next single was Rumble. That's a party song. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for a party single. Yeah. Because the other two to me, they're really slow. They're slow. Yeah. They're the yeah. slow ones. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, that doesn't, for me, represent the record. But then, okay, yeah, we're, we're yeah. on. So was that the order they were released in? Just let me check. Because I thought I always thought the Rumble, Rumble always reminds me of Grease Lightning, which also doesn't help that I think the single is them sort of dancing and sharing on top of cars mm. as well. And so they that have probably helps. That contributes to that a bit. Yeah, yeah. Rumble was before. Yeah, I thought, yeah, so yeah. Rumble and oh, the so Rumble was the second. In yeah. between, yeah. Okay, so Rumble's the second yeah. single, and that was the party song because it has uh, claps and it mm. has gang vocals. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, yeah. anything with hand claps and gang vocals, I'm up there. Yeah. I was like a massive party fan of yeah. this song. Yeah. And yeah. if I had to do a top five UMI songs, that would be in it. That would be in my top five. Oh, okay. Oh, Rumble's my favourite. Yeah. I was I trying love, to think of my favourite, and then I'm like, I can't commit to one. There's too many. <laughs> but if wow. I had to do a top five, that would be yeah. it would be in my top five. Yeah. And it's the same again. They always do. It always goes off live, and it's just nice and easy to just really party out to mm-hmm. and dance and do a bit of a jig and mosh to if it's a sort of tighter crowd. And yeah, it really goes off. Mm-hmm. I did like grow out of Heavy Heart. I just stopped playing Heavy Heart. It used to be the one track on this album I did used to skip, but now re-listening to it, I don't skip it now. Yeah. I've 
because I've of radio play, and it was oh yeah, and yeah, covered yeah. too much. And um, when it's played live, the crowd because it's the most popular crowd song, so they all just sing, and it's just not an enjoyable and experience. People are screaming for it all the way through, like yeah. the set. It's like yes. play heavy hearts. Like, you know he's going to play it. Just shut up, and he'll get to <laughs> it. But I, I hate people calling out for songs. It's like, yeah. They but, have a set list. Yeah. I'm in a band, right? <laughs> we have a set list. You can call out a song if you like, but yeah. we've not rehearsed it. We're not playing not it. We're not playing it. Yeah. Yeah. See, the problem yeah. is, I don't, not so much these guys, but I've known other bands who will go, oh, you really want to hear that one, and they'll just swap it mid-set. So I'm like, I really want to go, don't call out. It never works, but I know it does work. and it's, That's probably the most annoying thing. Like, <sighs> no, bands, don't give in to pressure. Just stick to your set list, and that way people will stop calling out, but they probably wouldn't do that either. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm back in love with Heavy Heart. Yeah, so yeah. the live version he does now, which is usually just him and the acoustic, he kind of swishes it up and makes it a bit flourishy and fancy and stuff. Like mm-hmm. he's and he throws a whole bunch of extra lines and words in there because he loves just messing with people and not letting them just sing along and just play it really straight. So are just, they touring now? They are in the middle of a tour right now mm. where they are playing Spinal Tap songs in their entirety. So they are coming out dressed up as <laughs> yes. Spinal Tap and yes. just playing Spinal Tap songs. Okay. So what a niche thing to do. Yeah. I yeah. know. But it, but yeah. This is the thing. Timmy gets in this space where he's like, "I'm going to do this thing," and I love it. And if other people love it, I'll drag them with me. But he doesn't mind that much if they don't love it. If people don't show up, he doesn't sure. really mind. He's just going to do it anyway. Fair enough. And there and so all the other band members are doing like little promo video videos for it in their characters right so yeah they're going <laughs> all, all over the board for yeah. it like yeah which if it pays the bills it pays the bills it does yes you, you can't begrudge them that yeah so this was umi's fourth album it was you their, couldn't tell by the title you couldn't tell from I know, title. Like, yeah. yeah so i think they got the like if they didn't enjoy recording it they got to them like well we're not going to put any time into thinking of a name for it but god oh, i was i kind of hope it's like? a little bit of a nudge to like to big stars number one record so it's kind it of, probably would be that. Yeah, yeah it would probably be a reference. Yeah. Uh, it's their third number one in a row. First Aussie band to do that. First Aussie band to do that. So, so their first album didn't, but second, third, and fourth were all Australian number one albums. But wow. and this was the last one of theirs to do that. So ever since then, they've yeah they haven't had as much. Yeah. Attention. So all wow. three al- al- all three albums debuted at number one on the Australian ARIA charts. Yes. So huge achievement. This is fascinating. You and I haven't <laughs> heard of you, am I? <laughs> And from a and, and yet we've been here. I've been here twelve years. You've probably been here longer. Is it right? I've been here for three and a half years. <laughs> so that accent should have I should have known better. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard of them, and yet yeah, I they mean, don't. I mean, that's a significant achievement. Yes, mm. their new stuff mm. doesn't get a lot of airplay. And then, like I said, they're more probably more known as like a band's band now. It's like if you ask the bands who yes. they know, they they'll go, oh yeah, UMI were like a defining band for us. But Amazing. yeah, they don't. They, even their older stuff that was relatively well known doesn't get a lot of airplay. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess people listen to things differently now. Yeah. Correct. So I'm not quite sure how relevant the ARIA charts are anymore. But no. Well, that's yeah. I mean, it gets. There's still. It takes less and less sales every time to get to the number one. Yeah. Spot. So that yep. happened a few years back with um, the last time Cake. Do you remember the band Cake? Mm-hmm. The last yep. time they released an mm. album. They got the Billboard, they got their first ever Billboard number one album with that album. 
uh, and also had the honor of being the lowest sales ever required to get to the number one spot. So literally nobody else released anything that week that hit yes. the charts and they got to take number one. Gosh, they got, they got, <laughs> they what got a their, legacy. Their first ever number one. I don't know. It might have been broken since then. That was a few years back now. But yeah, yeah it's probably the same with the ARIA charts. It's like it takes less and less yeah. sales to actually get there. That's fascinating. Okay. Until they start figuring out how to incorporate Spotify and various yes. other streaming stuff into it. Yeah. Okay. So another song I really enjoyed, and I, because it made me with my bum a lot, was Billy. on the vocals I as as the musician in the room yeah. uh, I like to like pick out stuff like that but yeah there was vocal effects which I really enjoyed it was so 90s uh, dancing along with that yeah. is super enjoyable like mm. I was saying like, laying down because I'm not very well but uh, I was still dancing nonetheless just really like, oh, this is a song I can wiggle to yeah. this is a bum wiggle song yeah because yeah. yeah. so. there's that re- like repetitive lyrics that you just have to dance to absolutely yeah but I didn't invest in looking at the lyrics nearly enough uh, when I was listening to the record. Like I was listening to it and going, and when there were certain ones that came out and jumped out at me, I would write them down. But yeah. um, you were saying that he um, puts so much of himself in, mm. and now I just want to go and research yeah, the lyrics a lot more. I'm He's like, given a hook. Yeah. yeah. I need to listen to this more. Yeah, I do. What he's on. Yeah, so, so Billy, I think of being, like he talks about being like overhearing uh, truck driver organize their next job while getting gas. So I kind of get the idea that they're on the road to somewhere they're, and they're just absorbing what's going on around them. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a really Australian thing to sing mm, about as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, we're just picking up some petrol. So I'm yeah. li- listening to someone next yeah. door. Although um, in 15, I did write down that they had good lyrics because it did reminisce of a 15-year-old. It's it, very angsty. Mm. Yeah. So, so just, I just go, like, oh, I'm just sad. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's I'm just so, sad in 15. But it, it sounds like a 15-year-old like diary, 15-year-old yes. diary. Yeah, that's it's about I think. braces and yeah. Yeah. friends being horrible. And yeah, <laughs> that's one of those ones where it's like he'll, he'll write a song and he'll tell a story and it's relatively straightforward and then he'll just throw in this killer line. Mm. So that one, it's like... That's the lyric. Yeah, that's yeah. The that lyric is just that like, I heard oh, and went. Oh, like not even 15, or like even now. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, no. Yeah. Feels. Hit me in the field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It hit me all up in there. It was uh, It was good, though. It was uh, that. Because it, because it was called 15, it got away with it. Yeah. Yes. If it had been just being called girlfriend or something yeah. I'd have probably listened to yeah. and gone really yeah. get over yourself yeah. but then as soon as you understand that it's written from the perspective of a 15 year old yeah. I was like that is a really nicely played song yes mm. yeah any other songs you like Michelle I like them all you like hence them all, why obviously. I'm saying it's flawless yes. <laughs> um, do you know more about Tim's 
anxiety issues? Is there anything that's that's caused that or initiated? Is, uh, or he's always had these challenges. I suspect he's already he's always had the challenges. Um, his last solo album, um, he writes about it a lot. Okay. Um, there's an interview he did for the Seven Thirty Report um, when that album came out, and it yeah it talks about that his panic attacks ret- returned. Um, being almost well being as bad as they were when he was at school like being a teenager mm-hmm. um, so he yeah so he r- wrote about it in his last um, oh. solo album yes yeah and what's that one called oh it's got like it's, it's multiple names it's like okay. uh, is that the one where he had like a fake person that he was singing to or yeah something? and I can see the cover doesn't yeah. help a podcast but I can see the cover it's a very visual no. thing, isn't it? <laughs> mm. <laughs> a podcast. Yeah. I was chatting to, to Emma whilst we were listening to this um, earlier, and she said, I didn't have this this one, but I had the uh, an earlier version. I, I don't know its name, but I recognise the picture. And it's just, we're so visual Ah, uh, yeah. people. Yeah. Like, I, did, I didn't get this one. This is She didn't think that it, it, this was their best album, um, by the bar. But uh, um, interesting how we are visual. You can see that. But I think sometimes it's our formative years are the ones that define which ones are the best ones to us. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The relevance of the time. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's ninety-eight April. Is it an actor repairs? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They got to number thirty in the Australian charts. I don't even remember a single song off it. Do we we even listen to it? I haven't. I I haven't played it a lot. Okay. So do you do you enjoy the earlier stuff um, that you haven't played a lot? Is that or is that just because you've been busy that you haven't played a lot? Um, I definitely enjoy more of the band work than the Tim solo stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the band stuff is like obviously has a bit more of a rock feel to it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. What's your favourite song off, off the album? This one is Rumble. Oh, it was Rumble. Yeah, 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 always Rumble. But like, so spoiler alert, Michelle picked this album off my shortlist of albums to pick from. So uh, that's going oh. to, we're going to oh. get to that at the end. But I actually think all four of their first four albums yeah. are flawless. We could, Michelle could easily. Four out of four. Yeah. Yeah. The first four, I, Michelle could easily have picked one of those four. <laughs> okay. And I could have talked about why I think that one's flawless. This one is probably my least favourite of the four, so I was interested why Michelle picked this one, but mm. obviously, like she said, it's a bit of a formative one for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if they'd picked any of the first ones, so my first UMI album was their third one, which is Ali Daily, and then I worked backwards from there and then sort of kept up with them as they went through. So mm-hmm. Ali Daily is my favourite UMI album, but yeah, this one, any of the top, any of the four is fine. And this one, so of the, the big four that are like their big four albums that most... Australians, Australians, growing, up, Australians yeah. growing up in the 90s mm-hmm. um, knew about. Um, number four is probably the most underrated one. Yeah, yeah. Um, most people wouldn't pick this one as yeah. their, as yeah, their favourite okay. either. And, and yeah. Emma said this, says as much. Wouldn't, mm. be, wouldn't have been her first choice. Yeah. Knows them well, been to many concerts. Yeah. But wouldn't have been the first one. Mm. Okay. There we go. Um, can I just say that I really enjoy the fact that they had a song in there that just sounded really 1950s? 
So the Come Home With Me just sounded like yeah. a groovy like 1950s song. Mm. Yeah. But then with the most sure. 90s lyrics about a night bus. And I was like... I know, a night bus. I love, <laughs> love the, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, night bus. I was like going, oh, this is kind of a groovy like 1950s kind yeah. of thing. I can imagine myself like sitting in a, an old, one of those Coca-Cola style cars and stuff going down listening to this. But then he's just singing about the most... 90s Australian things yeah. about like travelling home on a night bus. And there's one of my favourite lyrics of, of that song is. He's, he's not just feeling nervous when the person he's, he's admiring is in the room, it's whenever he thinks of that person, he's, he's feeling nervous about it. He's like, oh, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, have you ever had a crush on any of the members of the band? Oh, so they're all quite older. So they're all kind of like the, either like the really cool older cousin you always wanted or like the ultra, ultra uber, like cool big brother. Oh, okay. Um, I'm like, I've, I'm in a relationship with the 20 year age gap, so uh, I can't really relate <laughs> really to really that. <laughs> yeah, no, different issue. It's fine. Um, that's cool. Well, it's just that at that time in your life, sometimes the bands that you love, you're like, yeah. I'm a little bit in love with this member of the, the singer of this yeah. band or the guitarist yeah. of that band. And I was just curious, whilst your husband's in the room, to see <laughs> if there were any times that you've been at concerts together and you've been going, I Lusted. wish I was married well, to yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sure. It was an important question to yeah, ask. Yeah, completely yeah, valid. It's important. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. I also really like um, Guys, Girls, Guitars, which is towards oh, the end of the album. Yeah. Because it's so it's, auto, like, it's so him. Yeah. Like, it just it oozes it. And, but it's almost like the counterpoint to Heavy Heart. So yeah. Heavy Heart's his sad heartbreak song that he's moping and, and sad about. And then Guys, Girls, Guitars is about the guy sitting in the corner of the room singing the same heartbreak song over and over again and hoping it'll, he'll find some meaning in it. Mm. So it's like he's almost, okay, here's my heartbreak song and now here's me making fun of myself for having a stupid heartbreak song. Yeah. Like just, but then it's not, not like in a really cr critical way, just like it, that character still has some optimism at the end of the song as well. Mm. But it's just like, I had really, hadn't really paid as much attention to it before. Yeah, it's got that. those great lines of the... Seventh chord just keeps getting older. Mm. Um, but the 51st song that he's written in a week, in the 50 weeks that she's left. Yeah. Like the idea that this, this poor dude is just writing a song every week since a breakup that happened a year ago. A year ago, yeah. <laughs> it's just oh. heartbreaking. It's like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, so many feels. <laughs> As somebody that's received an entire album written about my breakup, delivered to my doorstep, I can say, it doesn't work, guys. No. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> yeah. Song 47 didn't quite land it, but song 48, that'll it get it. It might get it. get it. Yeah. Use an A minor that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just three chords to glory. Not yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple with three. She's moved on, I think, is what we can yeah. assume here. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there any other tidbits that you want to share about this record with us, guest Michelle? I'm trying to think of s some of the more of the awesome lyrics that just pulls the heartstrings, just so much feel. Um, there's also, also, also a lot of fun ones. So back to junk and there's like the line of like, drop like butter, let me fry. I just loved that 
like just yeah so much fun um and like the cream and the crock um being mentioned like so tim mentions quite often when he plays his live that it's davy lane the second guitarist favorite you're my song or so it was kind of the song that got Davey into the band, like like his love for, awesome. for the band is Cream in the Croc. And it's and a great title as well because that's also the name of their best of. Yeah. Is like, oh, yeah. Here's, here's the best of it and some of it's really crap. But yeah. It's the best of. Yeah. Cream and yeah. Yeah. It's, mm. it's kind of like a, this whole um, about the amount of little stuff I know or, or I'm talking about all the stuff and I don't really know about it. Mm. And there are some nice guitar solos um, throughout this record, but none of it's overplayed, which no. is like yeah. I really enjoyed. So I, it's of an era where I think people were a bit more restrained and stuff when it came to going, yeah, I can do a little bit of fret wanking, but it's only to facilitate the song, mm. not for the sake of yeah. it. So I quite enjoy that there'll be like this old twiddle, twiddle, twiddle. It's an interesting term there. So was it fret wanking? Fret wanking. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a That's universal it. term sure. for those people that can't help but go up and down and up and down in yeah. front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Billy Corgan style. Board. Pardon? Potentially. Uh, well, no, worse than that. A lot more cock rock. Yeah. As and well, to bring I, another term into the... I um, think you well, might yeah. love yeah. this um, quote that... So Tim did an interview with Ian McFarlane, who's like an Australian music... Like, he's just a huge music nerd. Um, so this is adorable interview that just goes... F- it must have been for hours and hours, just keeps going. But there's an adorable little quote from Tim that goes, I'm quite a limited guitarist but I can lean into it when I've got enough anger inside me. And that's kind of... Leaning in is a good term. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lean into it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Well, I think it works because on the party tunes when there's a little bit of, like, lead guitar, it works really well. It doesn't cut... It doesn't um, cut out the joy. It just adds another element to it as opposed Mm. to being something for the sake of it, which is something that's really... that is rare on a good album. Yeah, and that's really and that really comes across on their live shows because mm. this album is really much like how their live shows are, and that's kind of why one of the reasons why I think it's flawless is it's, it's a good depiction of what they are like live. There's okay. the ultra fun mm. songs, there's the quiet songs, mm. there's the um, like playing with the audiences. Mm. Well, just toying with the audience because yeah. they go up and down mm. so much. And then there's nothing yeah. in here that's like, oh yeah, we're going to record this and it's going to be super great, but we're not going to be able to reproduce it live, so we'll have to dumb it down or we'll have to do it this way instead. Like it's literally you can recreate the songs live, yeah. no problems at all. There's yeah. a bit of horns and keys and yeah. violin and but, stuff. But I mean, the keys but, they just yeah. the keys they just get the extra player to come in and yeah, they do, do now. Keys yep. And stuff. Yep. Yes, yeah. I do like. I did write piano heart emoji. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's like little piano solo. That was in Plans, I think. There was a piano solo with the drums outro of that. Yeah. So there was like there was a really deliberate outro, which I so which I yes. thought was going to be the end of the album. Yeah. And mm. then there was a little acoustic-y kind of number at the end. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So Plans, I, I was like, yeah, this is a nice end. Which and went, I think oh. I think that's an awesome way to end the album because like so you, the second last track kind of has like an encore feel to it because like okay, but. By now, the little outro, and And then they come back for and vandalism. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does feel like they're actually coming back for their own encore and their own album that they recorded. But and then end vandalism is probably also the most like optimistic sounding of the songs as well. Like especially with the the musicianship of it, it's like we've had we've taken you up and down, but we're going to end on on an up note for you, not sort of. Yeah, it's happy. It's dancey. It's like a little. Sing along going yeah, on there. Yeah, a bit of whistling going on. And yes. Like, my yeah. adjective of choice was warm. 
Yep. Yep. Warm. Yep. Mm. It felt okay. felt warm, like a nice warm ending to the mm. record. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Can, for the record, for the podcast, I want you to know that Michelle wrote a novella of <laughs> notes to discuss. For this. I had to process my thoughts. Yes. Mm. I yes. brought an index card. Yes. Liam has an A4 sheet and Grant has some... The song list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on his phone. On my phone. Yeah. Song list on his Thank phone. You. We are very different individuals. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it's it. a tapestry I, of people. An over-prepared yes. guest. Come along, <laughs> hit us. No, I think we've ticked off everything that I wanted to cover. There's some... Awesome. Um, we talked about the awesome cover that Courtney Bar Barnett did, which everyone should go check that out. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's just heartbreaking. You can tell that she's I really grown up. With post that up on the Facebook page. Yeah. I assume there'll be a Facebook, mm -hmm. yeah, little YouTube version somewhere, so lovely. I'll post that up. That's, that's good. That's where I found it. So yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and if you have an opportunity to check out some of Tim's interviews, he's a really honest interviewer. Mm. So there's um, like the, the Tim McFarlane interview. It's just so beautiful. Mm. Um, as a band, they do. They used to do a lot of covers of, of other bands that they loved. Um, and Ian asked him why. Oh, so you've kind of stopped doing the covers. Why is that? And Tim goes, well, we've kind of got sick of being compared to the, all the bands we love. Oh, I was mm. like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. fair enough. Yeah, sure. well, that's one of the least favorite questions that any person in a band is: what do you sound like? Yeah, yeah. Or who do you sound like? Yeah. And so when I'm interviewing bands, yeah. I never want to say, "So, who do you sound you like?" Sound like? Yeah. Because yeah. you you can't tell, you can't be objective about yourself. No. No. It's really hard. Yeah. And if you do a cover, you usually want to wants to be a cover that of your style of that person. So for you, for someone to come up to you and go, oh yeah, well you definitely just sound like you sounded like that person. Yeah, like, if, oh, if, if well you do a Who cover, you must sound, you must sound, sound like the Who. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, I do loads of covers in one of my bands and I've got no idea who half them are because yeah. they're all Australian. <laughs> so I don't know if I sound like the original or not, which helps. Sure. That's cool. Okay, so does anybody else have anything to add? about their experience mm. of listening to this record. So Grant was on the deck with his wife, mm. finding out that she'd seen this band many Multiple times. times. Multiple <laughs> times. Had <laughs> yeah. an entire life before you, it Correct. turns out. Yep. She existed before me. Goodness. In Yes, and was attended she, concerts. Jeez, really? Um, did she look crestfallen when she was reminiscing or anything? Or well, heavy heart. I, I, I tried to, to prod for a bit of bit more information around Heavy Heart specifically yeah, because yeah. that was the hit yes. that, that she was aware of of this album. Um, but she gave me nothing. 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 Yeah. There was a, there's a love story there, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's got to be. Come on, you know? Yeah. It was, uh, it's, it's long ago enough that you shouldn't get too upset. Yeah, but there's I mean, definitely a love story there. Exactly. And awesome. that's cool. So anyway, maybe she'll listen to this podcast and then declare, yes, there, it was in reference to someone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that's fine. Because, cool. yeah, there's probably some albums that, that I can't listen to now because of previous crushes or breakups and stuff. I just can't. There you go. Better idea of listening to them. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. Okay, well, unless anyone's got something to add, I'm going to call it. Are you ready, guys? Sure. Now, yeah. Michelle, I will do, do this on your behalf. I shall ask the team if they think that your record that you have brought is flawless. So, Michelle, do you think it's flawless? Definitely. Love it to bits. 
good because it would be weird if you didn't. It (laughs) really would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, What it meant when it came out, what it adds to the um, to the band. I just think it's it's beautiful, and there's no skippable tracks. I enjoy every track. Um, Obviously, some more than others, but yeah, definitely flawless to me. Excellent. Liam. Definitely a thumbs up from me. Like, you can sort of, yeah, it sort of tracks that history of the band. This is their fourth album. They were touring a lot. Their songwriting isn't pro- probably as complex as some of the stuff from their earlier ones, but they just, instead of trying to force it, they just lean into their what they know and that throwback style of and that traditionalist style. It's like, all right, we're just going to do what we know how to do best, and it just works every time. Awesome. Okay. So that was the thumbs so, up. Yeah, so the, so the two spoilers are out of the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's pretty oh, obvious. Yeah. Now for the non-formal conclusions. And now the immigrants. With the, <laughs> uh, the migrant song, is that? Yeah. Because so, it could have been uh, and was. So um, Grant, do tell us. Do tell. I'm going to disappoint um, these guys here. Oh. I, I, and and on, the, on the basis of my adjective, you had, what was yours again? Um, warm. warm. Your adjective was warm. My adjective, and it will probably stir, was vanilla. Mm-hmm. And vanilla in that I heard that, and when I heard it, I just thought, this is, this has got a bit of gin blossoms to it, um, if you guys know gin blossoms. And so in reference to the last track? To, well, to, to overall, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and certainly in, even in opening, to be honest. I, and, I, and I'd like that, but uh, I, um, I probably have moved in my view of um the flawless album in the in the passion stakes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um having heard that he's had his challenges maybe that would have swayed me more towards it being flawless um but i just didn't feel like it had the passion of album the the sole album that we have said was flawless um or unanimously um I, i could that was like palpable i could taste that um, in, in that album, whereas I just didn't get it here. And having heard how it was produced and on the back of, you know, we were, they were touring a lot and, um, you know, they've sort of just put this one together. Um, it mightn't have, um, it's not, for me, it's not. And I would put my hands up there for that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And then, does anyone want to ask me? Do I, do, do, does anyone care I, about my sure. I, I look forward to the other immigrants. The other opinion. immigrants. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, this is the first time I heard the record and I listened to it from my 90s ears and just went yeah this is flawless from a 90 my 90s indie pop fun flawless record this would be if i'd have heard it when it came out when i was um in high school uh it would have been to me though one of those albums and then i listened back and go yeah from the musicianship side i enjoy really enjoyed the way it's put together so i'm going to join the side of what? Uh, these guys, <laughs> and I'm going to say that this album would be flawless. Awesome. So, wow. close. So, so close. Close, so close. It's interesting. I wouldn't necessarily have chosen it to be someone's first UMI album either. Like, I think it's sort of, if you know some of the bit more of that history and you've heard the other albums, it sort of leads into it a little bit more. Whereas, yeah, as a standalone album, maybe it doesn't have mm. that, that pop as well. Mm. What it's it has the, if it's for the me, first time. What it has for me, it has me going, I'm going to listen to some more of their mm. albums now. Sure. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Which I, which is good because it, if sometimes I'll listen to an album and go, I'm done with that. Yeah. But yeah. here I was like, listen to it and went, yep, I can listen to, I could listen to this, this thoroughly again, and then also I want to listen to more. Yeah. So okay, cool. so I think that concludes today's podcast of Flawless. Now we have an outro 
that I want to share with you that I was told to do ad hoc, but I'm not going to because, uh, Liam, I can't remember what to say. So thank you very much for listening. Liam McGuinness is actually producing our um, Flawless Podcasts because he is a legend, uh, mm, not only you. bringing the guests, bringing the music, yes. doing the editing, it's very exciting. So we record at the Edge Studios at the State Library of Queensland, which is a fantastic free space, and you too can come along and use this space. We have a Facebook, which is Flawless AMP, which is a music podcast, and also the Twitter account, Flawless AMP. Once again, thank you for listening. Thank you to our guest, Michelle Mm. Burton, for bringing forth her album. And we will see you again next time.